Hello. This is a sad day. Uh, because next week we'll be talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> and also... That's a good one. <laughs> also because uh, next week we're going to have to be recording from home because the studio that we're in is shutting down. I don't know. What Do you know why? No. I don't know. Miscell- I don't know either. Yes, I the clean. I think they're doing cleaning or painting. Yeah, it's 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 we we really just do not know. Well, and we we probably never will. So for an indefinite time, we'll be recording from home, but we're still gonna be watching those movies. We have a lot of time now because of the renovations that they're doing everywhere. Yeah, uh, simultaneously, it's just a widespread uh, uh, renovation, spring cleaning, I guess. The snow's melting. As if we didn't have time before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we'll have ample time because everyone's painting there. We have so much time. We made a cult movie podcast, and we do it every week. That's how much time we have. Yeah, so the only reason we're we're late um, is because we're just be we're we've just been receiving the runaround. Yeah, we're getting the runaround. Uh, is it my fault? Probably partially. Uh, but you know what? Like. When, when, you know, everyone's got their things to do. Do you want to move? Well, sorry, do you want to move it up just a little higher? Everyone's got there their things go. to do. Everyone's got, uh, you know. To run. We got, yeah. Okay, so don't complain that the show's coming late. You're lucky it's coming at all. In light of these these recent, you know, renovations that every, every place is having, I thought we had kind of... Lighten the tension with the medical horror movie. Did we didn't do we did we pick this we didn't pick this on purpose. No. Okay, so yeah. that's a little bit that's a little bit disingenuous. So I'm gonna have to veto that one. They're called Reanimator. Also known as HP Lovecraft's Reanimator. HP Lovecraft is someone that I've been meaning to look into and read his works for like two years now, probably. And I just haven't gone around to it ever, mainly because I don't really like reading. Matt likes reading way more than I do. So, have you read any of his stuff? Uh, no, I uh, I do. I think I have a copy of Call of Cthulhu lying around somewhere, but I have not actually delved into any of his works um, yet. But I mean, his his influence through media, of course, is well known because everyone loves to call their whatever they make Lovecraftian or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just buzzword bullshit for <laughs> pseudo intellectuals, okay? Right. But we're it I call it a personality we think. Hard. We use our brain. We use brains and there's a lot and you know what? We got a good head on our shoulders, you could say. <laughs> and Herbert West has one on a dish on his it's, desk. Now let's talk about this. Now what's Reanimator about? Let's so, talk about this. Reanimator is about this guy, and we can kind of talk. We can talk about this later, but it's, it's about this guy named Herbert West. It's not, though. But it, it I kind know, of is. I know. Okay, wait. Sorry. Just keep it up there. Just you want it at your at like your mode level. Okay. Um. Anyway, so it's about Herbert West. Okay, it's about three groups of characters. I'll say that. Let me restart. So, like, <laughs> hey, keep going. You know what? You explain it. Okay, this is how it works. <clears throat> this is based on the serial novelette by Lovecraft called Herbert West Reanimator. Um, the story follows two main characters principally, which is Herbert West, who is a medical student who, after 
uh, an incident after an incident is moves to this fictional university in the United States to continue his studies. Uh, I don't even remember the other guy's name. Dan. Dan is just your kind of Joe Schmo that we're following. He's not really that interesting, but you know, he's got a girlfriend and he's like a decent guy and he's also a med student. Anyway, the crux of the plot here is that Herbert moves in with Dan because he's looking for a roommate. Uh, and shenanigans ensue mm-hmm. because, of course, Herbert West is the classic archetype of the mad scientist. Yeah. Uh, and he must continue his reanimation projects. And, of course, Dan gets roped in, and so does his girlfriend, who is the daughter of the dean, which causes complications, as you can expect. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also Dr. Carl Hill, who is sort of the villain of the film, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's actually funny. I I just wanted to say it's funny how he's like he starts off as like just kind of a regular guy, but then he, and we'll talk about this a bit later because I don't want to spoil right away. But yeah, he becomes like this hilariously cartoonish villain at the by the end of the film. Yeah, we should mention that this is a horror comedy. The comedy in this is not like slapstick, really. It's it is pretty subtle. It's pretty subtle. Like you, I I could see people watching this film and thinking that it was just a cheesy, sincere film. Mm-hmm. And, like, not to say this film is insincere, but, of course, there are some tongue-in-cheek aspects to, like, a lot of stuff, especially with Herbert West and how strange he is. It's The movie almost makes fun of, like, that mad scientist archety- uh, archetype mm-hmm. by just showing how weird and c- kind of creepy Herbert is for most of the film. But, yeah. Yeah. that that And this movie originally i could be getting this wrong it started out as an idea for a play and there it is on there have there's a a play rendition that they, they do productions of now and again um it started as a play and then whoever said it they're like no no one wants to watch a horror play and then he's like uh okay i'll make it into a tv show it was supposed to be like 12 episodes or something and then whoever it was, they're like, no, no one wants to watch that. And he was like, okay, I'll do a movie then. And they're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. We'll, give, we'll, th- we'll throw you uh, c- close to a mill. You work your magic what, here. What was the budget on this? That thing was like 900000 Oh, it was two, or yeah, it was 900000 in 1985. And just b- basically made twice its budget, so just broke. Yeah, just about broke even, maybe small profit, but yeah. not hugely profitable, which is probably why they gave him the runaround when he was <laughs> trying to. And it received an X rating, probably why he didn't make as much money. Yeah, that too. And it's a pretty gory film. Actually, of all the films we've seen so far, maybe the goriest. I disagree. What else has we Dawn seen? Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, you know what? It's 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 different, though. Because Be- Dawn of the Dead, I guess, is all at the end. Yeah, and the other thing with Dawn of the Dead is that the, the gore is like... It's 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 violence in like a very mo- movie sense, if that makes sense, in a cinematic style. Mm-hmm. But Re-ima- Reanimator, what I like is that it's very like medical and clinical in like its depiction of blood and gore. Yeah, like scalps are getting peeled off, and like entrails are like hanging from heads and stuff. Like it's not not that's not to say this is a totally medically accurate movie or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But like when the characters run around naked and stuff, and it, it it just gives me this sort of it, it gives me a different kind of feel it's almost a different kind of um explicit con explicit content than other horror films so 
I kind of like that about the film, especially. And I, I do like this film quite a bit. This is, I think, one of the best films we've seen so far on the show, in my opinion. Other that, what what do you mean, like that we've reviewed? I like this Dawn of the Dead. One of them. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay. No, this is quite good, and I like this quite a bit. And there's a lot to like here. Mm-hmm. Do you want to start, or do you want, do do I? Want I to just want to say one quick thing, and we'll get into all spoiler goodies. Okay. Um, if you want to watch this movie, don't watch the trailer for this movie. It doesn't even matter. Well, you know, let's have a let's have a mini episode here. Two minutes. Let's talk about how trailers back in the day were really bad. Yeah. Um, back in the '90s and '80s, like they. The, the art of the tra- now this is not to say all trailers are bad and i mean there's plenty of terrible trailers now but like you pick any given good film and it probably has a really bad trailer mm-hmm. with a terrible voiceover and like really poor editing they didn't really give a damn alien is kind of the exception there one of my its, favorites with its famous trailer but everything else kind of sucks uh so you know don't watch i don't think like is there any trailer from any of the films we reviewed that you would say you go watch the trailer no No, i didn't mention either but the dawn of the dead trailer is horrible yeah like like, spoils the ending like they just show yeah and you know what people say now oh i saw i saw the whole movie (laughs) in that fast and furious trailer well you they did that before too it's just like a thing where they i mean the cool stuff is at the end and they show the cool stuff so you go buy a ticket yeah that it's that simple it's yeah. that simple. Yeah, that's true. Um, but if you are the type of person who's like, I don't want to have any spoilers, don't watch a trailer for this movie because we. I have this. I have this disc here. I got this copy of Reanimator. It comes in like this clear case. So if you see that, that's the one I'm talking about. It has a paragraph at the back full of special features. It's jam packed, and the picture quality on it is amazing. So. This is the, it looks like a PS3 game for the gamers out there. It looks like a PS3 game. Uh, it's a quality rendition of the film. It's got, it even has a good menu. It's yeah. A good menu. I, um, I don't know if I said this on the show before, but I hate the blue Blu-ray cases. So any... Hot take. Any, um, you know, company that wants to put it on clear case, I'm happy. Uh, and it preserves a film grain. I want to talk about this quickly. I don't know if I'll be able to find it, but you don't actually want to remove film grain when doing a remaster of a film. They did it with um, a copy of Predator that I know of um, where they removed the film grain and then everyone looked like they had oil on their face. <laughs> they, everyone is oily in that movie anyway. No, but it's it's insane. Uh, DNR side-by-side comparison. Oh, there's pictures here. This is it without the film grain here. That's really weird. Just look up. Um, look up. D- <laughs> look up a Predator DNR comparison. Um, yeah, it looked a bit strange. Like they, it looks like they took the color. It looks like he went a little bit albino. Yeah, it, it looks washed out. It's it's not as nice. So film grain's nice. Anyways, we'll get into the movie now. Um, you can start, though. Go ahead. The movie, uh, it's really good. And this is why I like it. There's a reason I like this movie a lot. And, well, there's a few reasons. Number one, I love Herbert West in this movie. Yeah. He is, and he's played by... Oh, uh, I don't know, actually. We I, should give him credit, because he actually appears in two sequels to this. Uh, Bruce, or Jeffrey Combs. Mm-hmm. He plays Herbert West here, and he's <laughs> he's a tour de force. I don't know. It's like... <laughs> He's he's playing like just this like 
oblivious goober. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's so overly serious. It's I don't know. There's he's really running. He's he's not giving us the run around here. This is this is straight to the point. He's a man with a mission, and he by God, he's gonna inject his reagent into every <laughs> vein that he sees. And he has this the most. I I love the and it's on the cover. It's on the poster. The classic shot with him holding the syringe full of neon greenish yellow mm-hmm. liquid. That's his reagent that he'll just pop into any dead creature and he'll bring it back to life. Mm-hmm. Even disembodied heads and such like that. Um, Herbert is so great. He he's he's like he's. I, there's almost it's, it's like hard to because he is just like the mad scientist archetype, but he's not like crazy. I mean, he is crazy. Then he does very crazy things in the movie, mm-hmm. but he's calm and composed. Um, and it's like he he can't understand why people are not letting him do what he need, what he feels he needs to do, which is to cure death. Yeah, to bring to bring to undo death, to bring people back to life and animals. Um, and it, he has he has pretty good chemistry with Dan. I actually think that's one of the best roles that Dan serves in this movie. Is that Dan as a character, he's not particularly interesting. He's just kind of there to be, um, I guess, the mainish protagonist. Because in a sense, Herbert is not an antagonist, but he's sort of a wild card. So he almost fills the roles both times. I think overall, Herbert is a fine young gentleman, but he's also unhinged. Mm-hmm. But the best thing with with him being paired with Dan in the house and then later on when they go on their projects is that Dan is just a rational, normal guy who cannot believe the things Herbert is doing. And Herbert will always calmly explain to him like, well, this had to be done because, uh, you know, this is medical breakthroughs. (laughs) Number one. Um, and you know, and he also, and Dan's girlfriend, uh, whose name's Megan. Yes. I believe, uh, she's great too because she, her chemistry with Herbert is just her thinking that he's a total and complete freak, mm-hmm. uh, and she kind of hates him. Uh, but it's pretty good because you know, it, it's it's always nice to see, like it's always nice to see like a character like that just bounce off other normal characters. It's like it's like the straight man trope, but it's done really really effectively. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why we weren't really sure whether or not to call Herbert the protagonist. Is that really he's the focus of the film, arguably. He probably has like as much or m- more screen time than Dan. Yeah, and that's it's. It, I don't know. I'm just thinking a lot about that because he's on the cover, and like I mean, like it's, he's the first character out of the main cast that we're introduced to. We're introduced to him, and then it rolls opening credits. This is like if they made a Frankenstein movie, and then the main character, or you know what? This is kind of like in. No, it's like Frankenstein if you had, like, uh, just a guy who knows Frankenstein is the main character, so to speak, mm-hmm. to Dan. Because, I mean, her the Frankenstein's on the, in the name of the movie, and he's the focus, mm-hmm. but he's, like, he's also, I suppose, like, not a typical protagonist uh, in the sense. Do you think that the movie's held back because that they had to have Dan yeah. in this sort of standard I, role? I do, um, and I don't even think that they... I think that Dan is actually is lackluster as a straight man. He, well, the thing is that Jeffrey Combs is doing such a good job. Yeah, he's like stealing all the spotlight. Yeah, so just to have Jeffrey Combs act against somebody, on uh, arguably the best chemistry in this movie actually is between Jeffrey Combs, Herbert West, and then 
Doctor Hill. Doctor Hill. Yeah. Uh, and they have a great relationship, which mm-hmm. is which is another reason you could debate that he's more of the protagonist because Doctor Carl Hill is sort of the antagonist of the film. Um, he starts out as somebody who is a bit skeptical of Herbert West, probably because he's weird, but also because Herbert West, in his first lecture with him, just started snapping pencils because he disagreed. No, the reason is because Herbert West worked for a doctor in Germany that Hill was like pretty much everyone says is ripping him off is plagiarizing his work oh yes 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 so the the film actually opens um with like the police and a secretary breaking into this laboratory Mm -hmm. and you see herbert west like struggling uh over the body of this like flailing man Mm -hmm. and then he stands up and his eyes like explode and there's blood everywhere Mm -hmm. um and then they say, my God, what have you done to him? Like you've killed him. And he said, no. I forgot the exact line. But I gave him life. I gave him life. Yeah. Uh, and that's why. So Herbert West ha- tried to reanimate his older professor. Mm-hmm. Did it establish how he died? No. And then th- Megan thinks that Herbert killed his professor and there's a lot of themes in this movie of like people think that Herbert is killing things to try to reanimate them yeah so the first after moving in with Dan yeah after he offers him a fat stack of cash and Megan says maybe you should check his references and Dan says oh, I'll pass mm-hmm. um, they're looking for the cat who seems to despise Herbert and they find it in his fridge dead mm-hmm. and then Herbert comes in and he's like uh, what are you doing and they're like, well, what'd you do to our cat? And he's like, uh, he uh, knocked over a bowl and it fell. Or he knocked over a g- the garbage can. He knocked over a garbage can and like a can fell on his head and he suffocated and died. Now, if you came home and your roommate had your dead cat in his fridge and told you that he suffocated and he was also really weird, would you believe him? No. So that's why, you know, jury's out. Did uh, Herbert kill the cat? And we simply do not know. It's so good because then Herbert says, what should I have said? Cat dead? Uh, quest- He's like, you could have called me. Dan says, you could should have called me. And Herbert said, what? What would I have said? Cat dead? Uh, details later? And he just like has little quips like that that are just like so deadpan and funny. That's another quirk is that, and you know what? It, it casts doubt on that whole situation, which is fairly minor in the scheme of things, but it's something you just think about after like did, because it kind of makes you think about his motives. Like is, did he kill the cat? And he's like sort of very unhinged mm-hmm. or, or was it just a happy accident that he took opportunity of? But it throughout the film, he... <laughs> He, he, he comes up with these excuses for the ridiculous scenarios they're in. Mm-hmm. For example, when Dean Halsey catches them at the morgue uh, trying to reanimate a body uh, and that they've killed, and he's going, what's going on? He, I can't even remember. The excuse he makes is so ludicrous. He like I, weaves these tales. Yeah, maybe I can find it here. Uh... And it's crazy. And it's and it's funny because it's like somewhat convincing. So you think how much of like how much is he lying about? No, it's all because the dean dies and then they reanimate him and then the security guard comes in. Yes, and he says, "What's going on here?" And he says, "Uh, he went crazy or something. <laughs> uh, we don't know what happened." Yeah. So yeah, and it's Herbert is just so great in this film. He's he's actually such a fascinating character. Mm-hmm. He's like a nice splice between the mad scientist and like just like the kind of crazy like 80s movie character like horror character almost Mm -hmm. 
because he has he has a little bit of that campiness, but it never comes off as like cheesy in a sense. Yeah. He he he's just a scrawny nerd, but he does actually somehow bring some like gravitas to the role. I think mm-hmm. so. That's really well done on the part of Jeffrey Combs, and of course he's the standout. But I think um, I think the other cast does fine. Dan is I don't think Dan's given a lot to work with. He's whatever. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's straight man. He's just there for Herbert to say things to mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of Megan's role in this film? Yeah, Megan is another role where it's just like they Dan and Megan take up so much time. Where, like they're given equal time as Herbert, and that's why it's like, okay, so obviously Herbert is a focus, but then you're putting equal focus on these two other characters, and when you are giving them the focus, I don't, I don't really care that much. Well, the thing with that is that, and especially at the end, I guess it's really crucial for the film to have you sort of bond with Dan and Megan and their relationship, so to speak. And we'll maybe we can talk, we can talk about the end now yeah, if you sure, want. Yeah, but th- we'll talk when well, we'll talk about what happens before. But after a whole host of problems, as you can guess, uh, with reanimation, Megan dies. Yeah. Uh, and Dan is heartbroken. And we see earlier in the film that Dan is really intent on bringing people back to like with resuscitation, yes. not with reanimation, yeah. to the point where the doctors have to tell him to back off because he's just pumping on a dead body. Yeah. Um, and Megan dies at the end of the film. And then the stinger there is that he grabs the reagent and he puts it back into Megan, knowing that it might, you know, well, it probably will. Because. The thing with this in this film is that Herbert West, every time he reanimates someone, they're they're gone. Yeah, they they they're pretty zombies. much act like a zo- it it can vary from like crazy to somewhat conscious, like we see yeah. at the end of the movie. Um, and uh, so the issue is that it ends with Dan and Megan, and then I'll just say it now Herbert dies or supposedly dies is what we're meant to believe, and the way that they do it is like. They just he, he, they just show him dying and that's it. It's okay, it's okay. It's funny. Okay, let should we recap the whole ending? Because like there's yes. so much context yeah. you have to give. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> Here's the rundown. Okay, Carl Hill, who is a bad guy, mm-hmm. he finds out about Dan and Herbert's little basement experiment. Yeah. He says to Herbert, "You're gonna give me credit for this. I'm gonna tell everybody. You're gonna be. You're gonna go to prison." Herbert says, "Okay." While Carl Hill is looking through a microscope, uh, Herbert just straight up kills him. It's my, probably my favorite scene in the movie because he takes a shovel, hits him over the head, and then decapitates him with the shovel, and he goes, plagiarist, and knocks his head off. The ultimate academic sin. Plagiarism. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> that's, and that's really the point in the film where, like, yeah, Herbert's maybe not, like, the best guy when he just straight up murdered a guy. I mean, he was going to blackmail him, and I guess this is the only thing he really cares about. But anyway, he just straight up decapitates him. Um, and then Herbert goes, hmm, I wonder what happens if I put a reagent in his body and his head. Yeah. And he does that. Uh, and his body and his head come to life. They knock out Herbert and then they take all his work. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something initially that I was kind of jarred by and I was almost dismayed by it. But I, I ended up liking it. Good. Which is this kind of turn from like kind of realistic. Sci-fi. It's like a sci-fi yeah. movie where it's like this is very conceivable. Like, uh, I mean, obviously you can't just. I I'm I'm not an expert on reanimation, but you probably just can't pop a reagent, uh, a glow stick into a guy. 
But it's it's like whatever. They're just kickstarting the body. That's feasible. And then what happens here is that Carl Hill gets this telepathic power mm-hmm. over not only his own body, but then he, he finds out that he can telepathically control other reanimated bodies. And this is where it goes into like like goofy, yeah. like almost B-movie tier. Yeah. And at first I was pissed, but I didn't mind, especially because Carl Hill as the dead body or as a disembodied head is good. He just speaks like, uh, Herbert West. Yeah. And he has to drink blood. Yeah, and he has to drink. He, uh, there's a great scene where the body's fumbling about in his office, grabs a bag of blood, and then dumps it in his head for him to marinate in. He doesn't even drink it. He just marinates in it, like, yeah. like his neck and his whatever his cords, and it was just soaking in the blood, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. But anyway, Carl Hill uh, goes to the morgue to summon his army, and they go to confront him. And surprise, surprise, he's got this army. He raises up. They all get attacked. Um, they fight off most of the guys, and then this is like this is where the like the final coup. They had to add even some more weird shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they take out Doctor Hill, and then his bot and and Herbert overdoses him with reagent. Yes. And then what happens is that his body opens like a chest burster from Alien, and his entrails come out and grab Herbert. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like an octopus, and you're like, what? It's so great. Like his 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 whole torso just explodes and like i don't even know what it is grabbing him like intestines yeah. it looks like a yeah. tentacle his large his large uh... they just wrap around herbert and they're like dragging him into his body <laughs> like i guess uh and then at that same time there's also some gas that's going off that is knocking out some of the reanimated people so presumably uh after herbert throws his work to dan and says my work take my work which is all he really cares about mm-hmm. uh presumably he dies if this were the only film however there are two sequels mm-hmm. uh bride of reanimator i forgot the other one i forget as well and he does reprise jeffrey combs does reprise his role in both films mm-hmm. but I, although we have not seen them no but anyway um and that's like another that's like there's so much in this film that could have gone wrong i feel mm-hmm. and and could have been done in a very like in it like it just like lame exploitation i mean we've seen movies like that before mm-hmm. like it could have been a very like it could almost be like a silent night deadly night thing where things just happen and you don't really give a shit mm-hmm. about anything there isn't really a captivating performance in there um but Reanimator, despite all its quirks and all the all the stops it pulls out and the violence and everything, it's it's a film where you feel for the characters. At least I really feel for Herbert, and I empathize with him in a way uh, that I didn't expect, given that he's like his academic purity or what. That too. I mean, he's he's a man on a mission. Like he's a man on a mission, and he he is so caught up in. I mean, obviously, there's an aspect where it's like his ego, and he just wants to be the scientist or whatever. Mm-hmm. But his his devotion to bringing back life is is kind of admirable. Mm-hmm. And and because of that, I I was really attached to Herbert West. I was really sad. I'm glad. Like when I heard that he's uh, he doesn't die at the end of the film, I was kind of relieved because I thought that was a sad end for him, which is I suppose sort of the point. But. Um, no, he Herbert is a very captivating character. I think obviously he's the standout of the film. Yeah, um, a few things that I liked in this movie. I liked how the reagent they never actually explain what it is. Good. That could have been really annoying, like in you know any movie that you've seen where 
it isn't hard sci-fi like Star Trek and they just call anything a photon or a positron and you're just like, whatever. It means nothing. But, like, you know, there are movies that are sort of based in, like, reality and they try to explain stuff and you're like, that is... If they do a reboot of Reanimator, you know there'll be, like, a five-minute scene where they're like, what is this? And yes. Like, <laughs> I've concocted a, I've secreted, I've gotten uh, hormones from the pineal gland. And as you can see, well, uh, it's very logical. And it Like, they don't even explain don't it. He, he just calls, he's like, I made a reagent. Look at my work, Dan. It'll explain it. And then Dan looks at his page and he's like, my God, it's genius. And it's and it works. Like, I, I, that didn't even take me out of the film, which yeah. is weird. Like, normally I'd be like, haha. And especially because this reagent is a bright, it's like a glow Green, stick. Yeah. And he pumps it in the syringe, and he's always holding it like this, and it and it looks funny, but somehow they just managed to suspend my disbelief completely. I was full. I'm fully on board with this whole idea of the reagent bringing people back to life, especially they do a little bit of explaining, which is just to say like, uh, I'm trying to break the six to twelve minute barrier in which brain death occurs, mm-hmm. and then past that you can't bring people back. But that's all the real science they talk about. Yeah. So the the science fiction aspects of the film are done well, and they're blended very well with the horror, especially when you have the idea of bringing people back to life. But they're zombies. Right. And the thing is, they're not zombies in, like, the traditional sense. They're, like, crazy zombies. They're just animals. Yeah. That's like, what they say in the movie. Yeah. Like, it's it's not Dawn of the Dead zombies where they're shambling about. They're just, like, it's like if you gave a guy, like... Uh, uh, Five like a, Red Bulls. It's like if you give a guy like it's like if you give a crackhead like a million drugs and like and he would just go crazy and he wouldn't speak right and yeah he'd just be like ar ar aha and that's how they act all the time. I really like the makeup in this movie and I I think I read somewhere that they like studied actual dead bodies or something like that because if you look at the their bodies they've done them in makeup where they're like they have bruises and they have you know different color like different coloration of the skin and there's one scene where dan has a bruise on his face and then we see him again and it's slightly healed and it all it all looks realistic so they did the body makeup really well one thing that i'll say now is that i think a lot of the effects in this movie are really cheap and i can't look past some of them which ones so Dr. Hill, when his body is carrying his head, it's clearly Dr. Hill, like the guy that plays him, just standing like this in a suit. Mm, and you yeah. can see because his, suddenly his hips are very wide because his arms are sticking out. And um, so that really bothers me. Dr. Hill, like when he's in the tray and then his neck flap is just floating in the water, like, in in the blood it looks kind of silly there's like really good shot there, there's good effects and then there's really crappy effects there's no like middle ground like there's one shot that's great at the beginning of the movie where they've made this prosthetic head and then they drill into it and put a q-tip in there and then there's another one at the beginning where they scalp some guy and pull off it you know pull off his skin and then enter his brain and pull out his brain that looks really good there's just like a lot of the Doctor Hill stuff really takes me out. Like, I- well, it's almost like a thematic choice because, like, as soon as the Doctor Hill stuff starts, it's like, okay, now the film has like, you know, it's sort of, it sort of hit that barrier of like, now it's like really crazy. 
like up until that point i was like this is the very like realistic mm-hmm. depiction of whatever but then as soon as the doctor hel- like as soon as you're telepathically communicating with your body then it's like okay all bets are kind of off so for me that stuff didn't phase me like him obviously being crouched it's like the classic halloween thing where you just bend over and you're holding your own head mm-hmm. that stuff didn't bother me much especially because I knew that the, I know that the budget isn't huge on this, and I I really I mean, it's close to a million dollars. I suppose, but like I mean, I don't really see how they could have done the Doctor Hill head stuff without him, like putting his head back on. I would have just like had more clever shots to just. I suppose, and they do have that. But they do have those, but then they also include kind of the ones where you see his full body, and you can just kind of tell that he's. Yeah, and that stuff, like I, I can only suspend my like you know when we watch Dawn of the Dead and they like rip into his stomach and you're like they they can't rip into his stomach, yeah. And I gave that a pass because I'm like, well, at least it looks fine. This doesn't look like this looks bad to me, and yeah, that takes okay. me out. It it for me it didn't really phase me. Maybe maybe because I was. I was I was kind of expecting like that throughout the rest of the film. Okay. So when the film pulls out some pretty effective uh, effects, mm-hmm. like towards the, like the I guess Doctor Hill transforms in the last act of the film. Yeah. So up until that point, it's it's very well done. The blood is is very good, and there's copious amounts of it. Um, so that didn't that honestly didn't bother me too much. Like there's one shot where Doctor Hill is like like you know moving his head and there's a few where it's obviously like a rubber fake but those are things i can look past because i think that's just that's just something like i mean i don't think there's any is there any 70s or 80s films where you, they do that perfectly do you think i'd have to look at the timelines but i'm sure there's there's great movies like even dawn of the dead it's like you know sometimes you can the effects are great but i'm obviously no sometimes okay that's i do, do you like the effects in day of the dead because, like, yeah. I would call, like, Day of the Dead, The Thing, those are all, like, effects masterpieces, in my opinion. Day of the Dead has good effects. Um, and I mean, I mean it, and it, there's kind of the same issue, though, where it's like, can they really just rip this guy's legs off? <laughs> and then he's like, oh! It's like, it's, it's like, um, that is, like, effects as, they're, like, showcasing effects. Right. And I, I was going to say that, is this movie, if... I was thinking about this. If you're watching, like, there's different types of horror movies. Like, you don't watch Halloween for the effects. No, because there watch, aren't any. Yeah, you watch it just for the suspense and that pure terror. Yeah. And you watch something like a They Live. I mean, it is, it is, or not They Live, sorry, The Thing. It is horrifying, but there are, like you said, showpiece effects. This movie's kind of in the middle. Yeah, because I think the the... I mean, obviously, there's a lot of like not like like exploitative elements, but there is a lot of gore in this film. And I mean, in theory, they could have cut it down, but the gore works in the context of film, especially in the medical setting, in the reanimation setting. It doesn't feel it, it to me. It never felt like the story was servicing the effects. It always felt yeah. the other way around. Like this felt like very much in line with what's going on narrative wise. So it wasn't. I never was really pulled out. And thought about the effects 
from like a filmmaking standpoint while I was watching the film. Yeah, but uh, but that may just be because this was your first time watching it, was. it, it and, was. and I've seen it a few times now. Yeah, that is we sh- we should know it. It is my first time watching it. Uh, maybe if I I, w- I will watch this again because I like it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've seen it how many times? I at three now I think three now or, yeah so you so you'll pick up on things yeah but as an initial viewing it was uh it was a pretty seamless like cinema experience to me there wasn't stuff that was really that took me out or ruined my immersion or anything like that I that it all gelled pretty well for me um one thing that I wanted to say and this is another hindrance to me at least and other than that I only have good things to say about the movie is that. Maybe, and maybe you can argue uh, me on this, is that Dan partners up with Herbert West and it isn't really convincing as to why. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, that's I feel like that's a trapping of a lot of films is that like the character goes along with whatever for no reason. Like Dan goes. So what happens is that Herbert showcases his reagent to the to Dan. Yeah. Dan goes to Dean Halsey, who is the father of his girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, which was obviously a source of some animosity animosity between them. But he goes and he says, "Herbert West is bringing people to life. This is amazing." And then Dean goes, "You're all you're expelled." Yeah, Get he's like out. Herbert is expelled. You can stay, but if there's anything else, I'm revoking your tuition. Yeah, and he's like, or I'm revoking your student loan. loan. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, okay, so he's, I mean, I mean, you could say it because I don't know if Megan talked to him and he was freaked out or whatever, but, and Dean Halsey probably didn't like Dan very much anyway, because mm-hmm. he was banging his daughter. Uh, but um, that is, that is odd because then what happens is that Dan does not attempt to try to salvage his medical career in any aspect. And you yeah. could say that it's ruined, but like, really, like th- all he did was tell him something. And that's the thing is like Dean Halsey before that point he was like fine with Dan like Dan came to his house and to pick up Megan and he was like oh hey Dan and then Dan says to like Doctor Hill and to or to Herbert when he meets when Dan meets Herbert uh, Dean Halsey says like oh Dan is one of the brightest med students here and then he's like yeah. Um, Herbert's bringing people back to life. He's like, all right, he's expelled, and you, you're on thin ice, that buddy. Was, that was weird to me that Dan would just say these things, and then, I mean, usually in the film, this would be the point where Dean goes, Haha, very funny, Dan. Now get back to your studies, yeah. okay? And then Dan goes, no, wait, uh, I'll, I'll have to show it to you. But Dean Halsey takes everything at face value and then says, this is ridiculous. You're lying, and you're gone from the school. That was weird. <laughs> that was, I guess, and, and I mean... That was a, that was an odd like almost pacing decision where mm-hmm. they could have made that longer, but after that, Dan decides, all right, well, fuck it. Uh, me and Herbert are just gonna go to the morgue and we're just gonna we're gonna put reagent into random dead bodies and you're like mm, okay. No, but that Dan wasn't expelled at that point. I thought he was. No, I, I could be wrong, but like because at one point, because at that point where he's talking about the student loan, he's like. You mean I can't go to school anymore? No, he's like, then I won't be able to, like, afford school anymore. Yeah. And then, so, like, he isn't expelled. He's still in school. He just has to, like, find ways to get money. Either way, it's really odd that he goes along with Herbert's crazy thing. And, I mean, you could say that Dan is a good guy and he believes in what Herbert's doing. But, like, there's a few, you know, if you're a medical student, you should know there's a few regulations before you just start pumping chemicals (laughs) into dead bodies. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we were joking when we watched this. It's like someone gets a paper cut and Herbert's like, oh, maybe I could spray a little bit of reagent into this. 
search i hope there's like we when we searched on youtube we saw a kill count i want to herbert put reagent into somebody or something count because it's probably 50 because anytime there's a problem herbert's like what if we put a little bit of reagent in there (laughs) (laughs) and i can study the effects and then dan goes stop and he doesn't stop (laughs) there's a couple of sub subplots i want to talk about sure um and I think they're juggled well. Um, and it's actually surprising that in this hour and a half film that they do these subplots. There's two subplots. Well, number one, there's everything with Dean Halsey. Mm-hmm. So Dean Halsey is Megan's father, who was the man Megan is the girlfriend of Dan. Um, about halfway through the film, Dean Halsey gets reanimated because they reanimate a body at the morgue after Dean Halsey chews them out. Dean Halsey comes in and says, I cannot believe you guys are doing this. And then the reanimated Brody they bought back, who looks like Lou Ferrigno as the Hulk. <laughs> this dude's ripped. He's massive. Uh, and he comes in and he just kills Dean Halsey. Yeah, he knocks. So they're in the morgue is just this big room. And then it has this separate room where they actually keep all the dead bodies. Yeah, there's like an examination. So there's a security guard at the door. There's an examination room. And then there's the place where they store the bodies. Yeah. So Herbert and Dan are in the room where they store the store the bodies. And they've brought this ripped, shredded guy back to life. They could, And they he's should, like bleeding out of his mouth. <laughs> and his neck is all veiny. They should have brought back like that fat lady at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Like yeah. That probably wouldn't have been too many problems. But they had to bring back the most shredded guy at the morgue because he was like the most fresh or whatever yeah he was the most fresh uh in hindsight not the best idea (laughs) so dean halsey's banging at the door like open up let me in and then the reanimated guy knocks down the door and then stomps on the door with dean halsey (laughs) underneath it (laughs) that was actually crazy that like he jumps on it and then he stomps on it like he knows there's somebody there (laughs) and he wants like he (laughs) He almost pushes the door. Like, it's so immediate. He pushes the door down that stomps on it. <laughs> like, he's like, ah, I hate everybody and everything. Ah. Yeah. And then Dean Halsey's all fucked up. And then he starts, like, choking. Uh, the ch- the reanimated guy starts choking him. Yes. Anyway, in the struggle, they managed to kill the reanimated guy by putting a drill through him. And that was a nice effect I like when it goes through it his through body. His, yeah. Uh, Herbert does it, of course, because he loves the thrill of the kill. <laughs> uh, Dean Halsey's dead. And, of course, Herbert's like, well, what if we just put some reagent in him? Yeah, Dan, I don't know. If you want to get far in med school, buddy, maybe try resuscitation first. Yeah, well, (laughs) you know what? And you can't even say that, like, Herbert manipulated Dan. Kind of, yeah. He didn't, though. He didn't? No, no, I I said you can't say that. Oh, okay. Because, like, he's just like, hey, here's what I'm doing. And Dan was like, you're crazy, but also, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And he, and I'm like, yeah, he is pretty crazy. He probably should not have done that. They reanimate um, Dean Halsey, and and I think I guess this is like the freshest body they reanimate. Yes. So he's like really messed up, but like he's also not that messed up. He's a little bit there. He's a little bit there. They start choking him. He, he starts choking them. Megan walks in. She's like, oh my god, what have you guys done? Uh, and then Carl Hill comes in, and they they put him in a padded room, and he's yeah. kind of crazy, and he just seems crazy. And later on, Dan explains to Megan, he's basically dead. But towards the end of the film, he has a saving grace. And he has he has what I call a bub moment. What, what I called it was the ending of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, he has a Return of the Jedi slash bub moment. Yes. A bub from Day of the Dead. Because yeah. we, we actually haven't reviewed Day of the Dead. But Megan is... Oh, yeah. And this, and this is a good time to talk about this, the other yes. subplot, which is that Dr. Hill is like this creepy... He, ha- he has like a folder in his... 
filing cabinet filled with like like with Megan Sock was in there. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like super creepy for Dean Halsey's daughter, and he's really sweet on her. And that doesn't really come into play that much. Like it, it, there's a passing remark early in the film, and then when when uh, Doctor Halsey is kept under observation. Uh, Dr. Hill has some creepy moves to put on Megan and she's kind of like <laughs> yeah it's because she comes to like visit her uh, her dad and he's like I need you to sign off on this thing saying that I can like examine his brain and she's like uh, no thanks and he's like he must be like so alone right now no and my boyfriend's still here <laughs> um, and then so there's that and then at the end Dr. Carl Hill abducts Megan yeah uh, and then you know what we it's the classic horror movie we gotta have the shot we gotta have a naked woman struggling and some weird pervert shit going on we yeah. have to have it mm-hmm. there's the, the his hands are tied the director's hands are tied um so Megan gets stripped down and like he's like sucking on her boobs and it's he's like, holding oh his severed God. head and Over he's like all breasts. bloody and then like he's about to go down on her yes um and then that's when Herbert and they Dan don't let come. it get too far. They, it's like too. It's too. Like if they had, it's like it's pretty far. Okay, when it's he, pretty far, but it's not that far. Like if he had started to like, you know, it's pretty far. And um, I was gonna talk about that. Like, do you, is Megan's role? What do you think of Megan's role in this film? As like kind of, she, she's fine. Like I, I want a little more from her, but she's like, I like my, I love my dad, and I. She's caught in this like struggle between like her boyfriend's involvement with Herbert and his shenanigans and her her the well-being of her dad and I don't know, she's I think she's fine. She's not like just a typical damsel in distress. Yeah, I think so. And I think she and her performance is very well done. She's very yeah. the actress is very expressive and that's well done. I did I did it, it was maybe a little much towards the end when we have have to, we have to have like this 2 to 3 minute scene of Carl Hill molesting this young woman. Uh, but whatever. I guess it's just to show Carl Hill is a huge creep, and it and that's another thing where it went even farther into like B movie territory, yeah. where like this regular doctor became like this disembodied rapist now, and he's like, <laughs> yes, yes, we'll be together forever. <laughs> yeah, because he was gonna reanimate her or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. he's like, you'll join my army as my bride. Yes, of reanimator. Um. And then, so Herbert and Dan bust in, and then eventually, I don't even remember how Dr. Halsey gets loose, Dean Halsey. But he, what happens is that uh, Megan is being, like, attacked by some reanimated I think Dr. Hill was just using him as one of his puppets. Oh, yes, he was. And then Dr. Hill was, yeah, Dr. Hill was using him telepathically as one of his puppets. Megan's being attacked by reanimated bodies. And then Dr. Hill has the Darth, or sorry, Dean Halsey has the Darth Vader slash Bub moment. Where he goes, huh? <laughs> and then he remembers that Megan is his daughter, and then he fights off some of the reanimated yeah. bodies. Because she's like, Daddy, help. Ah, Father, help, help me. me. And then Dean Halsey looks around, and he goes, no. Oh, and he picks up <laughs> and he picks up Carl Hill, and he throws him down the shaft, and then he explodes. Holy shit, look how loud that was. I'm sorry for using headphones, <laughs> and that no was too loud. But it, it, it made me think of Bob, because that, that was like the same thing where Bob was like, huh? Yeah. Uh, if you, you should watch Day of the Dead if you haven't. Mm-hmm. We'll do a review on it, but uh, Bob, hey. He's a real one. He's a real one. Okay, he... 
they you don't they don't make them like that anymore. No, they don't reanimate them like that anymore <laughs> either. They don't reanimate them like they used to. No, but the, I think those subplots are handled fine. Like the Carl Hill molestation stuff, is is uh it's weird, but I don't know. I mean, it's just another reason to not like him. Yeah. And I guess I guess and it almost feels it. Om- and the reason I why I don't mind that's that stuff so much is that it's like almost obligatory. We have to have like a weird like new sex panic thing it's it's like you it's almost like you have to so i don't mind it too much there's some other sex in the movie but it's minor well there's like there's a dan he has sex with megan Megan. i think that's it i mean you see at the beginning of the movie dan is resuscitating this uh lady and she's naked because they're resuscitating her but that's like an example to me where it's like it's very clinical in its depiction because they didn't pick a Hollywood actress. They picked an uh, overweight uh, woman, and like her breasts aren't like showcased at all. They're just like, oh yeah. And early in the film, I said to Luke, "Is that a man or a woman?" Because <laughs> I couldn't tell if that was just an overweight man with huge yeah. boobs, yeah, or if it was a woman. So that's that's what I mean. I mean, obviously, towards with Megan, she's a very pretty woman. So there's a uh, a titillation aspect, so to speak. But mm-hmm. that's fine. The Carl Hill st- that subplot is fine. And I think Dean Halsey is done well. He kind of has a <laughs> he he kind of gets the short end of the stick in this whole thing. Yeah, but he's he has just a few scenes. Yeah, and he he's not much of a character before his reanimation. I think mm-hmm. he's just there to be like, hey Megan, and then Dan, you're fired. And then I would say that the best part of his performance is when he's reanimated. Actually, he's pretty good as like a crazy guy yeah there's lots of good physical acting in this movie like yeah there's a scene like the scene where um dan wakes up in the night and hears some screaming coming from his basement and then he goes down there and he sees um herbert messing or fighting with this reanimated cat and obviously it's just a puppet on He's herbert's bad. back but he like freaks out and acts in a really convincing way that brings life to lifeless props. Yeah. And they do lots of that in this movie. Yeah, they're there like, there is a lot of good physical acting. All the reanimated zombies are really well done. Especially the, to me the standout was the Jack guy in there. Yeah. He was really good as just an as as an extra, I suppose, but he was like he came off he was like a gorilla. Yeah. And he did it really well. Uh, so the rean if we're talking about the zombies acting zombie acting as we did in Dawn of the Dead uh, it's pretty well done here there isn't as many of course yeah um there's like to- at the end of, at the climax there's probably like six five or six yeah. extras who are reanimated besides C- Carl Hill and Dean Halsey mm-hmm. uh, but they all do their jobs very well as 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 crazy zombie monkey men yeah. Yeah. The um the score for this movie they just ripped off the score from Psycho, so I'm not gonna give them any praise there. I didn't, you know what? The music was not something that stood out to me particularly. Uh, but like the main theme, which is like kind of just a Psycho theme, I thought it fit the film. It no, it's not kind of. It is a Psycho theme. Is it is it straight up the psycho theme? Yeah, like, we can't play songs on the air, but I'll show you after. It's a psycho theme. Did they get the license for that? I or? don't know. I guess so. I like the psycho theme, so it's, <laughs> it's kind of cool. I feel like that the theme fits this better than psycho. Like it's a little up tempo. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm, 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 like psycho. Da-da, da-da. 
I love this security guard that just goes for two wank sessions. Yeah, the security. Oh yeah, there. And we should. Oh, we you know we haven't even really touched on what's funny about the movie. No, we haven't. And the thing is, this is a horror comedy, and like it's one of those where brushy by. But there's really funny stuff, like the security guard. Carl Hill goes in with a fake head into the morgue <laughs> after he's been decapitated, and he drops an ear or something. <laughs> yes. And then the security is like, he drops something. He's like, and now he's like, who is that? Is that Dr. Hill? And Dr. Hill's like, oh, of course it's me. <laughs> and he's like, oh, cool. What does he even do when he looks at the ear? He does nothing. He's yeah. reading a boudoir magazine, and then he presumably goes to the bathroom to to have a to to bust out a quickie. I don't know. And he's leaving his post every five seconds, which is funny. Yeah. Um, that's good. Herbert West has a lot of comedy as just being like a like a crazy mad scientist character. Like I, it's funny to me that he like pumps reagent into everything. I want to see if I can find the uh, oh here's the uh, scene of him with the fake head. But I want to find my favorite line that Herbert says in this <laughs> in this. Movie. Oh yes, and the final confrontation, Herbert. Arise and docked in the examination where Dr. Hill has his reanimated zombies. Yeah, and he catches Dr. Hill in the middle of his act on Megan. And uh, this is a line that we get. I want to make sure this isn't too loud. Best. I'm actually glad to see you. It saves me the trouble of having to send for you. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head get a job in a sideshow? <laughs> like he, he's just a king in this movie. I he don't is. Know. He ha- he he exerts like this this nerdy confidence that's that's remarkable. Like he's he's just he's just a king. Yeah, for like for lack of a better term, he's a king. He just shows up at Dan's house at the beginning of the movie, and then like he comes in and Megan's there, and he's like, "Oh, I scared you," and she's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Hmm." it's like uh he's so good he's just like so uh everything it's like it's not robotic because he has personality but it's it's all calculated here i'll play another clip here (laughs) come in thank you I startled you. Yes, you did. Hmm. <laughs> oh my God! Like I, there's, and I, I really want to give credit to Jeffrey Combs for this because he exudes this like energy that, and like, and I'm not saying that like he he nails this role. Mm-hmm. I really think he really nails this role. I mm-hmm. think this is, I think this is one of the roles for the ages in terms of horror. Um, it's like it's just a great he's just a fascinating character he, everything he does is has that fun it's kind of almost like that snide energy where he's like hmm <laughs> uh yes i see yeah here's the money now can i continue my experiment please <laughs> is it like the would you say this is like the nerdy ash williams yeah like kind of uh like I mean that as in like Jeffrey Combs is oh yeah him and like I would say Bruce Campbell is Ashley yeah. oh yeah 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 for sure like I I I was saying after the film was done I w- I would like for them to make like a reanimated TV show I don't know if they could cast anybody better than they did with 
Jeffrey Combs here as Herbert West because this is like the perfect casting. Mm-hmm. This is this is casting for the ages. So Herbert's great, and he has so many of those funny moments uh, throughout the film. He's arguably one of the main sources of comedy. Dan and Megan have like no jokes. They're kind of just flat characters comedically. Dan has that scene at the beginning where after he and his girlfriend make love, he's like just running around in this towel or in a oh, sheet. Yeah. And he was like, who would ever convict Dr. Dan? And I don't know. That stuff was funny. But other than that, no, they have they have no jokes. Yeah. Uh, you get some f- you get some humor with Carl Hill after his after he's disembodied. Uh, mm-hmm. With like his body fumbling about, and he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like nodding to go over there, and it's like, mm-hmm. uh, which makes me think if that's where that sort of trope came from, which is the head and then the stupid body, like uh, like Richard, Nixon. like Richard or like Richard Nixon and Agnew yes. in Futurama, where he's like Agnew, <laughs> uh, damn it, <laughs> that it really reminded me of that. So I wonder if that's sort of the the origin of that trope. I'm not sure how. This is a cult movie. I'm not sure like how much cultural impact this has because I've heard of Reanimator before, like before we had seen this film, mm-hmm. but I hadn't really seen it like referenced in terms of influence and stuff. I had, I didn't I, know much about it. I've only heard it referenced in American Beauty. Oh yeah, in American Beauty they have that scene, and I and I just caught on to that where they're like. Where uh, they're smoking dope outside yeah, of that building. And he's like, "Have you ever seen that movie where the dude eats out the uh, eats out the girl with a severed head?" Or whatever. He's like, "Shit's crazy, man! He's <laughs> holding his own head." <laughs> they're talking about it like they're in Clerks. Yeah, uh, yeah. So they're talking about Reanimator. So that the, there's your little Reanimator cultural reference. <laughs> That's the whole cultural references section on Wikipedia. Is the part where Kevin Spacey says, "Hey, remember that part where?" Uh, that severed head molests that lady. Is that on the Wikipedia? I'm sh- no, I oh. or maybe it is. I probably I don't know, but um, that's funny. It's like when you talk about scanners and they're like, you mean the one with the blow the head that blows up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but the the comedy's done well in this film. Uh, it's 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 not sparse. It's subtle, um, but it I think it was a nice touch to the film because I mean a film like this if it's melodramatic then I don't I don't know if it would work that well mm-hmm. I don't know if it would work as well as it does especially I don't think it would have worked as well when things sort of take that turn and I know I'm emphasizing that a lot but I really think that was a deliberate directing choice okay is when is when things like there's level where it's like sci-fi and then there's that moment where Herbert kills him and then things become really crazy. Like especially when Dr. Hill says like arise my zombie <laughs> army and they all arise like that's that's such a classic moment uh, even if it's if it's quote unquote cheesy but it, it works in the context of the film. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Reanimator. I want to see if there's anything else I needed to touch on. Um, good physical acting. Um. I like the ending a lot. I was really my my um, I was really concerned. So what happens towards the end is that Dan and Megan are escaping. They've left Herbert behind because he's said take my notes and leave. Mm-hmm. And then when they get into the elevator, a reanimated zombie comes and chokes Megan. Yeah. And then they go, and then Dan brings her down in a nice callback to the very first scene of the film, or or perhaps the second. The scene. first time you see the first time him. you see Dan, your introduction to Dan is him trying to resuscitate this dead woman. 
and he does the same to Megan, and and then the the doctor lady is like, I'm sorry, man, it's yeah. it's done. Yeah, and I'm glad they went through with killing her because I think like it would have been really flat. I was thinking while that was happening, it would be really flat if she just comes back to life and they go, oh, Megan, yeah. I love you. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Like no, and then you get that nice that nice ending where Dan pumps her for a reagent screen cuts to black and then you hear a shriek yeah. from Megan coming back to life uh, I think that was a great ending for the film that was probably the best way to end the film I think because like you don't want to delve too much into the aftermath of this because you know, it's not really important Herbert West's been taken care of he has his it's somewhat you know question for you actually is that do you th- was the ending meant to be like somewhat ambiguous for Herbert like I'm wondering, like I'm guessing they didn't plan sequels. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think like originally Herbert was a Ted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I wonder what it is in the in the novelette and the original one. I'll have to read it. But yeah, it's um, it's, yeah. So Herbert like basically died. Like he's he dies. Like there's gas being poured into the room, and this reanimated large colon is strangling him. It's just a whole body. So yeah. I think he's dead. And I think that was a nice tragic end because obviously you can't have Herbert walking about after, but he's he's almost a tragic character because he, he's a bad guy um, he, in a sense. He's mm-hmm. a bit immoral, but he what matters is his work, and his work is the thing that survives him. Yeah. Another great effect there and another, like I think, was subtle comedic moment, a reanimated, we're just watching it on the screen here, um, one of the reanimated heads, one of the reanimated body throws Carl Hill's head at the wall. Are we still recording here? Yeah, we're still recording. Oh, sorry, something happened on the screen. Anyways, continue. And he throws his bot. He throws his head at the wall, and then the security guard just seems to bounce <laughs> off the wall and, and then fall on the wall, uh, fall on the ground. And he's just like, hmm. <laughs> uh, like that's another little comedic moment. The comedy is done really well in this, and I think this is the way most horror comedy should go. Evil Dead is a good example, although in Evil Dead Two, it's a bit more explicit. Although it's a, it's almost, it's almost at that level where mostly it's a horror, but there's comedy, and it's to show that not that they don't take the subject matter seriously, but there's inherently comedic situations when you have this type of film. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, in the first Evil Dead, they pull it off well, and there's like not really any comedy. It's just it's straight horror. It's just straight horror. Yeah. But it's almost like they saw an opportunity in the second film mm-hmm. to do this. And I like to think, well, this came out in what year? 85? Let's check on the uh, on the fly here. This came out in, oh, my God. Uh, 85. Yeah, 85. So, and Evil Dead 2 would have came out 84. in 84. Yeah. So I don't want to say that it took inspiration from us, but I like to think the director saw some of that and thought, oh, I'll... I'll put a little bit of that in there because it's kind of a skill. It's like the skill of a director is seeing source material and thinking, can this be serious or can this be like, if I take myself too seriously, people are going to laugh at it. But if I kind of, you know, play around it, then they can laugh with it. Yeah. Yeah. So they, so I think they, there's a nice balance there between the horror and comedic aspects, which Mm -hmm. is why I like this film so much. The thing that I actually struggle with when I was done the film is that like I there wasn't a big thing that I did not like about this film. There was yeah. no major issue for me. I thoroughly enjoyed it all the way through. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to get to rating or if you have anything else 
you'd like to touch on? A small thing, and then we can rate it, is uh, scenes where they're using the syringe, because they're holding real syringes, and I guess they didn't have, like, sophisticated prop ones, is at the end when Dan goes to syringe Megan's head, it like, he clearly is just not... Sticking it in her, yeah. but like sticking it like up in the air behind her, yeah. and it just looks really goofy. So I just noted a sad scene. So like upon my s- several viewings of the movie, I start to notice more things. So like little things like that kind of pull me out a little. But other than that, yeah. No, um, yeah. I guess the effects thing, and I'll it will have to see. I'll have to see on revisits of this film if the effects are like a little bit detrimental to the experience as you've experienced when you saw the film Mm -hmm. a couple more times. But those sort of things did not, like I didn't even pick up on them. I picked up a little bit on Carl Hill. I mean, you know, that's not that good. I don't think there was, they had anything that good in the eighties to make a believable, completely believable uh, disembodied head and water and, and body like walk around together. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, no, this was a, a thoroughly enjoyable film. I'll definitely be picking up that Blu-ray with the special features because I'd like to see them. Yeah, there was one thing that we watched on it. It was a deleted scene. and There was a singular deleted scene. And the deleted scene does not seem to be a deleted scene, but what me and Lucas speculate is actually a screen test. Yeah. Now, the deleted scene does not feel, fit narratively in any aspect of the film. It initially, when it opens, it seems that it's the confrontation between Herbert West and Carl Hill very early in the film when he's disputing his theories. But then Dean Halsey's there, and then Dan wheels in a body, and it's Megan's body, and then Herbert reanimates Megan's body. And she's fine. And she's fine, and then they're all just staring at her in wonder, and she's also naked. Um, and she's like lusting after D- or for Dan. Yeah, and she's like, oh, Dan. And then Dean Halsey is mad. He's like, Dan, because uh, you're involved with my daughter. And it's weird. And we think it's a screen test because it showcases all the main characters. Mm-hmm. And it has, shows the reanimation aspect. And it's in the setting. To me, it's like it has to be a screen test. Like, I mean, th- especially considering the fact that they, the director of this was like, play? No. TV show? Yeah. No. He was like, movie? And they saw that and they're like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe. Yeah. I actually showed Lucas the Deadpool test footage yeah. after that, uh, just as a comparison of like a, just a couple minute snippet of the film that you could show a studio exec or something um, as, a, as, a, as a way of earning a vote of confidence or, or production budget or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So I actually, I mean, I like the deleted scene. It that probably works as like a better trailer than the actual trailer does, even yes. though even though it's just like a, just like a straight up scene, and there's not a lot of context given. It's a better prelude than watching the trailer for the. If you pick up the special edition or you have means to watch it, watch the trailer. Just watch the trailer. It's kind of funny. It's you know, and I like watch, watch it after you've seen the movie. Yeah, it's watch it after you've seen the movie, or if if. Well, I mean, we've already talked about the content of the film, mm-hmm. but no, it's uh, it's very well done, and um, it's it's a better exposition of what the film is about than the trailer. Mm-hmm. Two brothers, <laughs> twenty classic songs. So we're not cops, man. We're musicians. 
<laughs> my partner and I do a uh, horror movie marathon every. Well, we've done it for two years now. Every October. Your gay lover. My gay lover, my partner and I. His name is uh, Matthew. Wait. And we so we just pick random movies that we'll watch, and Reanimator was one of them, and my grading for it hasn't changed since we w- watched it last upon our first viewing so i'll let you rate it and i'll tell you tell the you reason mine. i said gay lover is because i always think it's i always think it's a personal take i always think it's odd when people say partner instead of girlfriend it's or, just like i don't it's, know it's, it's like it's gender it's, neutral who cares it's gender neutral and it's like it's almost it's it's too clinical for me <laughs> it's too much like saying partner yeah, I don't. I like, I used to I used to agree, but then I was just like, why does her being female have to do with our? It, it like it doesn't have to do anything. Like it's just my partner, the yeah. person I'm in a relationship with. But w- I always saw it as reserved for like gay people. Yes, not wanting to say my boyfriend, and then someone goes, "You're what? What? You're gay? You're doing what in your free time with no one around? No, oh, that, no. no, honey, no." no. <laughs> Sweetie, you need to come with me. Just don't, son. Just don't. Okay. Um, this one's tough because is it four bags or is it five bags for me? I do not know. And you know what? I think that this film, and I don't think I'm gonna give a lot of five bags. So I'm gonna have to give this five bags today. Okay. And the reason I'm giving five bags is it a perfect film? No. Neither is Dawn of the Dead, although it's a very excellent film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this movie was so thoroughly enjoyable throughout every minute of the film, mm-hmm. and there wasn't a moment where I did not want to be watching. So I was almost—I was actually a little not disappointed, but I, when it was over, I was like, "Damn!" Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna give this five bags, my second five bags of the show. Okay. Uh, apologies to any people who don't like Reanimator as much as I do, but uh, this is a good film. Okay. How many bags are you giving it? Eight out of ten. Eight bags. Yeah. Four bags. Four. Yeah, eight out of ten. Um, I Like you kind of said there, I think the movie is a little anemic. I just want a little bit more from it. And it's kind of like when we watched Night of the Living Dead. And yeah. I gave it eight then too. And I wanted a little more from it. I, and I feel like Day of the Dead is that. And then a little bit more is Dawn of the Dead. A little bit more from this movie is a movie like Dead Alive, which you haven't seen. I have not seen. Well, and I was going to say one of the things I like about this film is that, like, in terms of pacing and and length, I think it's, like, the perfect length. And that's personal. Like, to me, it was very satisfactory in all aspects. Like, I didn't – I felt like – the like in terms of the aspect of the science fiction, the horror, the comedy, it was all very well done, and it's a very concise package. And I think this is like a very, a very watchable film. Like I don't think you can show this to someone. I mean, you can show this to someone, and I doubt they'll be bored. Because my mom would probably not like it. Your mom would probably not like it. She hates well, your, horror movies. Well, your mom, my mom would hate this too because she doesn't like to see blood. No, but, I know what you mean. But yeah, no, I, I, I actually think that, and I think that. Oh, uh, pro of the film is that it's not not to say simplistic, but it's there isn't too much going on. Mm-hmm. It, it, despite the fact that it has a few subplots, I think it's very well done as a film. I can't imagine there's a better cut of this film, in my opinion. No, and this was we watched the unrated cut. Oh yeah, we did watch the unrated cut. We I don't know what the R rated. This the X. This is the X rated cut. There was an R rated cut in theaters. Yes, I, I don't know. Oh, or they said on the it says on the Wikipedia for video rental stores they made an edited R rated version. Okay. So presumably the version we watch is the theatrical version. 
just watch that one. I I wouldn't want to see a gimped version of this film. No. So, yeah. There it is. There it is. Reanimator. Good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. And you know what? The cover for the Blu-ray is really good, too, when you have Herbert West uh, over... Is that Carl Hill? Yeah. That's kind of a spoiler. Kind of. Except you can't... But if you're buying a collector's edition... You kind of already know what you're getting into, it. I imagine. Yeah, you know what? There's this th- this cover art is good. The reverse cover art is pretty decent, and the poster for this film is really good. This yes. is like a poster I would buy to it's, put in my room. Yeah, if you got a nice like high res scan of that, it's really good. Like with Herbert with the vial uh, and the tagline. I love those kind of taglines. Those little, they're like. <laughs> Quippy. They're quippy, yeah. yeah. They don't do that as much anymore. Now, now, it's they, always... now they got 76% on Rotten Tomatoes. This <laughs> movie is certified fresh. Yeah, they, they do that, or like for like a comedy movie, they usually keep it very short. Like, Just as an example, Sonic the Hedgehog will be like, gotta go fast. Or for the new Rock movie, it'll just be like, he's here. It's not. They don't go for those uh, fun borderline dad jokes. What's here. the tagline? I said it earlier. Herbert West has a good head on his shoulders and another one on his desk. <laughs> and also this poster is a spoiler. I, I Yeah, but it was in the trailer too. So they just wanted people to see that and go to the movie. I, and I mean, I can see why because it's it, as an effect, it's like, I mean, I'm sure people were like, cool. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go see that because there's a, a guy holding his own head. But... um. I'm glad that I did not pay too much attention to the poster because it was a nice surprise. Yeah. So there's Reanimator. HP Lovecraft's classic tale of horror. As a bonus, they give you a bonus subtitle. It will scare you to pieces. <laughs> it. I. I actually don't think this movie is scary. Like not in like the not in. So I. I've been thinking about what makes a horror movie like truly horrifying. And everyone always complains about jump scares, where I would say those movies startle you. True, like, scary movies to me are, like, like Halloween, where the it, 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 that movie could very well be real. Any guy can just get a mask and stab people, and that's what makes it really scary to me. Or, like, Dawn of the Dead, where... Yeah. The horrifying aspect, like if we were to just be able to buy whatever we want, we'd have like a really disappointing life. All that stuff is like horrifying. Well, I was gonna say that Dawn of the Dead is like horrifying in a more existential way. The zombies are also scary, but it's it's thematically the themes are what makes it really horror. Yeah. In contrast, Night of the Living Dead is more like straight up horror. Yes. I like that film a lot, but I don't think it's particularly scary. Do you? No. Yeah. So sometimes it's weird because like you can have a great horror film, but it's not that scary. Yes. Uh, Like you don't have to be horrified, you know, like I was probably more scared watching. I don't know. I mean, Lucas hates this movie, but, like, Paranormal Activity. I mean, it was years ago. But, like, that's a movie that would probably be scarier than this. But it's scarier in the sense that it invokes, like, a physical reaction? Yeah, like, like, and I don't mean just mean, because there isn't, yeah, like, probably. Or, like, a film like, um, I don't even know, like, a film like Hereditary. Yes. That's a very scary film. I might, I, I don't think it's a perfect film. No. But and like arguably like like Dawn of the Dead is better than that film. Hereditary. 
yeah, yeah. if we're just comparing yeah but hereditary is significantly more scary mm-hmm. it's just like i mean it's a it's a choice because there's there's horror is is such a catch-all for a lot of different kinds of horrifying elements that you can add to your yes. film so it's we almost need like like more delineations of the horror genre to show all the different kind of types of horror that there are it's it's like an atmosphere thing it's a mood thing it's hard to explain i suppose yeah i used to be like the person who's like i hate horror movies they're so dumb and you used to be like that. yeah and then a few years ago i started to watch them i'm like wow this genre's really has like some gems yeah it does and now now it just sounds stupid saying that like yeah of course it has good movies like what are you an idiot but I, th- I think that i think the big thing is that people i feel like a, and this was the same for me not that i didn't hate i just didn't watch horror because to me horror was when i was growing up was paranormal activity yeah insidious scary sinister nuns. which is just like the shit that they show on tv where they go like I, I can't even describe that cut where it goes like dun, 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 and something's coming towards you and it's like in theaters this Friday <laughs> go see it it's so scary you'll piss your pants shows the audience and like ah! the classic <laughs> the, I think that was paranormal yes, activity yes that was paranormal activity that was classic you know what paranormal activity you give us so much shit I hate that movie they, it's so boring is that a cult movie uh, I don't care if it is I'm not watching <laughs> it again <laughs> we're gonna watch we're gonna watch it again the movie is the best part of that movie is not the film. It's everything about it, like the idea that it's like a thousand dollars or ten thousand, and the marketing's really good. Mm. And you know what? Look, okay, for two for a man and a woman, and then that pastor guy that comes in and a house and a camera, which is basically all they had. That was pretty good. I mean, like I know you hate really hate that movie, but I think they did relatively well with the concept that they had no they didn't <laughs> they didn't it's a fucking one bagger look one bag look with paranormal activity like the I, that is that was like the first that wasn't okay that one is like kind of expi- inspired you, oh you also don't like blair witch right i gave it oh gosh I, I i'll find my original rating of it uh, I gave it a six, and I think I would still give it a six or a five. I mean, Blair Witch is better. Um, yeah, That's but why it isn't a one. But like Blair Witch has some benefits. Like I think in terms of setting, like it's easier to make things scarier in the forest than the house. I I I didn't find the movie scary. Like Blair at Witch, all. I thought it was terrifying. Like I watched it with Caitlin, and we had that same moment where she asked me if the Emperor being raised whatever who fucking cares was a big deal like they came outside and there was sticks outside of their tent and rocks and i was like am i supposed to be scared by this and caitlin was like yeah i'm like why that's that the blair witch is like another it's almost like another paranormal activity it might just be a detriment of the genre where like the idea of it and the stuff surrounding it scary like the read like the description of blair witch is scary and like, if you were to show, show someone stills of like that little figure human, yeah, that is put everywhere, like that's pretty scary. But like in practice, it doesn't work as well. I don't no, know. It's just I watch these people yell at each other in a forest, and at the end, some guy's staring at a corner. That in was not scary. <laughs> that was not scary. Also, those films, I guess, also have to have that moment at the end where it goes. 
and then the movie ends. They didn't have that. I don't. It just. He's like, "Why are you staying at the? What, what are you doing? Let's go." But then something jump. Uh, doesn't the Blair Witch jump out no, at her? You don't see the Blair Witch at all. And then it just cuts to black. I yeah. s- I swear to God, there was something. Maybe not. No. There's another. There's other movies where you see like the Blair Witch for a few shots or whatever. But in that she. It just cuts at the end. We got to review the I'm new Blair sure. Witch. The Blair Witch Project? No, the new one. Isn't it called the Blair Witch Project? No, it's called... The first one is Bla- the Blair Witch Project. The, f- the new one's Blair Witch. Oh, right. Caitlin saw it. She said it was bad. We saw, like... Me and Lucas saw a clip on YouTube of, like, this... Oh, my God. There's, like, this alien creature That's in a, it. the Blair Witch, I think. No, that's from the second one. Like, the new no, one. No, no, no. That's the character, the Blair Witch. Oh, yeah. It looks it looks completely stupid. And yeah. we were laughing really hard because it was, like, a joke. But... Uh, uh, another thing with a big mouth and it's screaming or something. Uh. uh, we'll do maybe. I feel like we should have an episode on the modern the modern horror film or the, and I don't even want to say the modern horror film. It's like the commercial horror film, really. I don't know why I played that. Sorry. It's a commercial horror film that we take issue and you in particular. Yeah. Take issue with. We saw Midsummer, which was just a ripoff of his own movie hereditary that was good i saw an invisible man that was really good uh there's good horror movies coming out like i saw it the is lighthouse te- which was great it is terrible it fucking sucks i don't i i do not understand the praise for that film that is a bad horror film yeah we watch it and we we barely finish that thing that, that was rough. So, and that's like the big horror franchise right now. We got like Halloween 2018 or whatever. I haven't seen that, but I heard that was good and I believe it. Yeah. It's probably like you should probably just watch Halloween. I mean, yeah. 70, whatever. 1970. Let me see here. Eight? Yes. And then Halloween 2018. That's probably all you need. You don't need Rob, Halloween H2O. Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yeah. No. There's like so many. Um, yeah. There's a one with the, uh, is it Buster Rhymes? <laughs> I think that's Halloween H two O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With <laughs> where they like karate chop Michael Myers or something. I've seen so many movies this week. How many? Uh, well, since our last show, I should say I saw The Invisible Man. I saw Parasite. I w- rewatched Halloween. That's why I've been bringing it up. Uh, I've watched Star Wars probably. Yeah. Uh, there's another movie that I watched. I forget. I finished Star Trek. Yeah. I haven't watched that much. I've been reading a lot. I've tried to finish my comics right mm. now. But I saw Blue Valentine. That was a good one. I, we won't review it, though. No. No. You want to go watch a movie? Yeah, we can. What? Oh, it's 10 13. You're not doing anything? Shit. Every place is renovating right now. <laughs> Shit, you're right. Except for my, except for my place. Yeah, we're not renovating. Our store looks good. Uh, so tune in next week. We're gonna we're gonna figure something out. Brian Svensson, friend of the show, has Jerry rigged a Skype recording yeah, the process. I know how to do it. <laughs> uh, and next week, or whenever it comes out, we might have to work on it. But next episode. The Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh, shit. We got our Ca- Who Killed Captain Alex DVDs in. Fantastic package, by the way. Um, F- amazing. I, I wish we had it. They give you a bun- They give you a couple stickers. 
they give you a signed picture of like Wakaliwood Jesus next yeah. to a Wakaliwood Commando. It doesn't even make sense. They give you like this hand drawn cardboard helicopter picture. Yes. Um, there's like there's a message from the directors in there. Mm-hmm. A stunning package. You have to buy it. Re- uh, the DVD is like the D- yeah. DVD art is hand drawn. I'm sorry, I forgot to say to sign the other one to you. That's fine. Because uh, we we ordered ours together, yeah. so mine is signed to me, but the other doesn't have Matthew written on it. It's okay. It'll be good for eBay in 25 years. <laughs> It'll be better that way. Don't worry about it. Uh, they don't come with DVD cases, though. Yeah, they don't come with DVD cases, but like, just pop it into a DVD case and uh, yeah. your, your least it, favorite one. It comes with the sleeve and everything, so... Everyone at home's got. I know everyone at home right now has got a copy of Looney Tunes back in action on DVD. That and you're not gonna watch that again. You, you'll try to watch that again. It's not gonna go well. Let me tell you. Okay, that is. Well, we should review that one. I watched Spaceballs. That was the other one. How was that? Is that a, that's a cult film? I guess. I guess. Um, I so if there's anyone out there who would love Spaceballs. Like, it's me and a few other guys. They're talking about <laughs> Star Wars, Star Trek. They mentioned Alien. There's a bunch of sci-fi references. I love sci-fi. Um, the movie's a 6 out of 10 for me. It's just, it's um, it's almost like, I want to liken it to, and maybe this is too harsh, but it's like the scary movie for yes. Star Wars. Yeah, of like the 70s or whatever. Like the scary movie yeah. and the superhero movie and that m- movie line. Yeah. It's like the sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah. And I I want to watch Mel Brooks. I, I think people say it's his best one, Young Frankenstein. Oh, we yeah. We can talk about that on the show probably. Yeah, yeah, we can do that one for sure. I heard that one's really good. It was. I think it's on Netflix. I could be wrong. Is it? It was on Netflix for like a long time. I had it on my list for a long time, but regardless, we have the power of the internet. So, I just got Crave. So let me know if you want me to review a Crave movie. I just got the free trial though, so make it quick. <laughs> uh, that was Reanimator. That's Reanimator. Next time we're talking Super Mario Bros. That oh. one's gonna. That's gonna be a rough episode. Yeah, I'm gonna need a few Adderall for that one. What do you want to do after? Um, uh, shit. Pull out the list, bro. Oh, sure. No, pull out the list. Don't it's at s- home. I always forget to email it. Uh, what's, what's, okay, so next week will be, okay, so today's Friday. N- let's say next episode, when do you think we'll get this out, next one? Okay, let's say it's like the first week of, it'll be like the first week of April. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We can do it. We can do a stoner movie if you'd like. No, we're going to do that on April, uh, the second week of April. Okay. We'll do uh, either Reefer Madness or Big Lebowski. You want to do, like, uh, Cannibal Holocaust? Oh, shit. We were going to do Star Trek The Motion Picture. Oh, yeah. We can do that. Yeah. And we'll do Cannibal Holocaust after Reefer Madness or whatever. Let me tell you, Star Trek The Motion Picture really towing the line for the cult movies here. We're really... No, I totally disagree. Star Trek, it was canceled because nobody was watching it then because of a cult following they brought this, it back let's look up this budget here let's look up Let, this budget oh here let's look up star trek the original series shall we oh, no second. look up the no, motion f- no 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 no
Let's just do a. Oh, here we go. Achieving cult classic status. Hmm. Yeah, well, Weird. that's that's not the movie. Okay? okay, so go to the movie. It doesn't matter. It expand. It expands oh, okay. to. I guess the, it doesn't matter. So no, it expands to the motion picture. Our our films that we pick for this show, there's cult films, but there's kind of like esoteric picks where you just kind of get it, you know? Yeah, I'm. You know, watch it, or I'm shoving reanimator reagent in you. It's you know what this, I have a feeling this one's gonna be rough too, especially with that cult fort. following. The show developed a cult following. Whatever. Go to the budget now. Go to the budget. Who cares? Go to the budget. That's, that's such a smooth-brained description of a forty-five cult. million dollars in nineteen seventy-nine. <laughs> Forty-nine million, forty-five million dollars made one hundred forty million dollars. Whatever. Okay, we're gonna see. Uh, I heard this one. You've seen it before. Uh, I heard it's really boring. Yep, we're only doing it because I don't, I don't like the, and maybe you can just fight me on this, but I don't like the idea of if we only did Day of the Dead. In terms of like Wrath of Khan. Yeah, and I want to do Wrath of Khan. Uh, well, have we reviewed any pure sequels? No. Yeah, then I guess that's fine. I don't really mind. Uh, I would say Wrath of Khan probably is definitely a, a, a cult film. But yeah, we'll do motion picture. I've been meaning to watch motion picture anyway, especially I, because of how peop- divided people are in it. Like, it has a 42 on Rotten Tomatoes. I love the poster so much. Poster's really good. Like, they did just a, pure Star Trek camp. They did a good, uh, ver- they did a decent version of this for Star Trek Beyond. Did they? Yeah. Just look up motion picture. You can look it up at home. Star Trek Beyond motion picture poster. Or, or, oh, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. just, yeah. That's cute. That's a cute little rendition. For me, it's got to be Chris Pine as Captain Kirk. The Captain Kirk. Drinks beers. I drink beer. <laughs> uh, gets with the ladies. I wish I did that. Uh, he's really handsome. Me too, maybe. Yeah, he's cool. Now... It- well, whatever. We'll talk about that another <laughs> day. The the next generation question. <laughs> the grand question that every Star Trek fan has to sit down and ask themselves. I we're gonna we're gonna have Jay and Mike on the show. Who? From Red Letter. Oh, yeah. I yeah, because they love that shit. Oh, that shit. There, that that's. If you want a crash course in Star Trek, watch any movie review they've ever done, and you'll get a little. <laughs> they'll put Star Trek in it somehow. Yeah, I don't know. These guys are fiends for Star Trek. Oh, my God. I was going to say something. I've completely forgotten. Oh, shit. I was going to ask you, and I'll just ask you now, and then we'll wrap the show up. Do you like... Uh, I want to know which poster you like more. Is it... I like this one better. Okay, I'm asking him, because you guys can't see, obviously, which poster he prefers for Star Wars 1977. The one where Luke is holding up his lightsaber and Darth Vader's helmet is behind him, or the one where it's like the ensemble and like Luke's pointing his blaster at, at you. And To me, um, the original sheet, the one sheet, the f- that first one. And then they added their faces on after? No, well... Sorry, sorry. The thing is, like, in... In the year of our Lord 2020 and in the past few years, you might have noticed that the teaser posters for movies are often way better than the original. Yeah. Because they are not the original, than the, the final release one. And that's because that's the one that they really want to showcase to people, whereas the original is like a nice little concept. It's almost they give them more leeway. I feel like it's the same with Star Wars. I like that it looks like 
uh, a pulp poster where they have Luke, where they give Luke like a six pack, mm-hmm. uh, and then they make Leia like this, the sexy f- like like they're not depicted really that way in the film. No, uh, and I like Darth Vader's head. I think it's a, it's an it's a nice artist composition too, uh, but I like that one. I'm, I'm much better, much better. Okay, because why I'm asking is a Blu-ray set that I'm getting has that uh, cover. Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm gonna have to not buy that anymore. Oh, uh, we well, you shouldn't buy it because that's you know this is is this even legal? It's Harmy's despecialized there, there, initiative. There's a thing here that says you can only buy this if you already own uh, a copy of Star Wars. Uh, I guess it's okay now. Yeah. This will work on ooh Xbox One. Nice. I'm excited to get this and. This is part of the show. If we go to products, scroll down here. A holiday special. So how did he undo these? So the holiday special, this was made by somebody else. And I guess what this is, because we're never going to get a clean version. Because like the holiday special, all we're working with are VHS rips of a CRT. I honestly, people don't have faith in Disney. I have faith in Disney especially with the bad world they have with Star Wars right now and considering the fact that there's no film releases on the slate right now I have a feeling they're just going to whip out the original cuts just as like easy brownie points easy money I don't think they have them they have Fox now I don't yeah but Lucas might just own the cut oh shit yeah I forgot about that I if if they do have it then I I think they will if they don't then yeah and the ho- the holiday special, I know there's a like they said that Carrie Fisher had a cut of the movie like on tape. Yeah. But the holiday special, we're just like we're this is as good as it's gonna get as a v- VHS rip of it. I mean, not that we need a 1080p <laughs> rip of this fucking thing. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyways, um, that's it. Stay safe out there. There's a lot of uh, a lot of places are painting and. Just chill out, okay? Everybody just chill out. I ha- I'm i finally going to be able to have time to go through my Criterion collection of Godzilla now. Thank your, tw- fuck. your 25 films. <laughs> yeah. Going to binge watch them. And that's not even all of them. That's fucked up. All right. Anything you want to say? No. See you next week for Mushroom Time. <laughs>